Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin and Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. Today we will speak about how the Migration Minister Peter Dutton offends every Australian migrant. AFP raids highlight the Turnbull's NBN disaster, US cooperating with Al-Qaeda, Hillary Clinton now losing to Donald Trump, over 400 civilians killed in US airstrikes on Syria, and drone for Obama. The Migration Minister Peter Dutton offends every Australian migrant. When Australia's Migration Minister spoke out about the level of literacy and numeracy among migrants last Tuesday, he was addressing what has become one of the most hot potatoes in this election season. With the build-up to the 2nd of July vote now in full swing, Peter Dutton responded to proposals by the opposition Labor Party to increasing annual refugee numbers from 13,750 to 27,000. They won't be numerate or literate in their own language, let alone English, he said to Sky News. These people would be taking Australian jobs. It is important to highlight the fact that according to the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, that 26% of the population of Australia is foreign-born. That's some 5.8 million Australians. What Dutton was trying to do was put refugees front and centre in the election campaign. In raising the threat of dull bludgers, job stealing, illiterate and innumerate refugees, Dutton was playing the fear workers have about both unemployment and cuts to social services. We need to know that it was not refugees and asylum seekers who sacked 4,400 tax office workers. It was the government. It is not refugees and asylum seekers who have promoted uncontrolled entry and employment of one million temporary visa holders who are being employed as low-cost employees in businesses. It is not refugees or asylum seekers who sacked or are sacking Queensland nickel workers or Arium workers or car plant workers. It is the bosses. It is not refugees or asylum seekers replacing full-time jobs with part-time ones. It is, again, the bosses. It is not refugees and asylum seekers who are freezing Medicare rebates, cutting billions from aged care, cutting family tax benefits 
cutting health and education spending by a total of $80 billion and giving $50 billion in tax cuts to big business and those earning more than $80,000 and $180,000. It's the Turnbull government. Working class voters want governments to spend more on public health and education. Polls show that these sectors, as well as the economy and jobs, are the very key election issues for workers. Some of the News Corp 5 think that the Australian Federal Police NBN raid on Senator Conroy's office was a positive for the government. The AFP raid has highlighted the failure of Turnbull as communications minister and his role in delivering an expensive, slow and out-of-date network. The raid also undermines our right to know what our government is up to and threatens journalists for providing leaked information. The Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance have quite rightly said that the police raids in search of the source of government documents leaked to the media show how press freedom in Australia is under attack and needs to be an election issue. U.S. cooperating with Al-Qaeda. A former U.S. diplomat and foreign policy advisor to the Senate, Jim Jatras, has recently said after the Al-Qaeda 9-11 attack on America, the U.S. is cooperating with the terrorist groups as it did in Libya, Bosnia and Kosovo. According to an American news website, a senior figure from a Syrian rebel group Ahrar al-Sham with links to al-Qaeda reportedly visited the United States at the end of last year. Syrian militant group leader Labib al-Nahas, who calls himself chief of foreign political relations at Ahrar al-Sham, apparently arrived in the U.S. capital for a short visit in December. Jim Jatras has said that we are hearing more and more noise about this so-called Plan B if the Russian and the Syrian governments do not knuckle under and agree that at the end of the transition Assad has to go, which is the Saudis and the Turks demand, and they are being backed by the Obama administration, that some kind of forceful action will be taken to secure a victory for these terrorist forces if they don't get their way from a supposed transition. Jim Jatras has said that this is a big worry. The US and its allies will step up their support for these terrorist groups. And Ahrar al-Sham is one of the key components here, despite their very close connection with al-Qaeda and al-Nusra Front and their participation in this massacre at Zarah. Jim Jatras believes that the US government know very well that Ahrar al-Sham and other so-called moderate groups Groups are closely connected to al-Nusra and al-Qaeda and they don't back away from them because they know without cooperation with al-Qaeda they have no policy option 
Lebanon in Syria. They have to accept the fact that Assad is going to stay in power and the terrorists must be defeated and its allies cannot accept that. Jim also indicated that if the US and the Obama administration had a rational policy, it would be rethinking this cooperation. All the evidence seems to suggest that they are still taking their marching orders from Riyadh, Ankara and the Gulf states, and they are still bent on by hook or by crook securing a victory for the terrorists. Hillary Clinton now losing to Donald Trump. A new Washington Post ABC news poll shows that Donald Trump is now ahead of Hillary Clinton. As it stands, registered voters prefer Trump by a narrow two-point margin. Many people cannot forgive Hillary for falsifying the murder of massive numbers of Libyans the assassination of Gaddafi, the facilitation of the Iraqi genocide, the assassination of Saddam Hussein and many other military atrocities. Trump might be a horror show, but so far he hasn't facilitated the murder of large populations and the total destruction of countries to benefit Western capitalists. He probably will, but hasn't already done so. One can hope that Trump's arrogance and entertainment will cause NATO and the UN and every other international organisation to cut themselves loose from US control. Why is Clinton disliked? David Brooks asked this in the New York Times. The Times endorsed Hillary long ago and marginalised Bernie Sanders ever since. Brooks thinks Clinton is disliked for her vote to invade Iraq and as Secretary of State advising Obama that Assad must go and the bombing of Libya. This neocon point of view created ISIS, caused hundreds of thousands of deaths in the Middle East and started the refugee crisis in Europe. The Clinton Foundation takes bribes from regimes around the world for special favours and Bill deregulated the banking system that led to the 2008 financial disaster. Over 400 civilians killed in US airstrikes on Syria. A new summary of casualties from the US-led coalition airstrikes against Syria by the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights says that since September of 2014, the airstrikes have killed nearly 4,900 people, mostly ISIS, but also including 417 civilians. The overall civilian deaths at 417, with 111 of them children under the age of 18, and at least 70 women. The majority killed were adult men reflects several strikes hitting factories or other businesses that were mistaken for militant targets. That's 10 times as many civilians as the Pentagon has confirmed killing over the course of the entire war. And the Pentagon's figures cover both Iraq and Syria, whereas the Syrian observatory numbers are only the Syrian side of the war. The part that's been going on for less time and has been less overall coalition strikes. 
The Pentagon has, generally speaking, dismissed reports of civilian deaths in airstrikes as not credible, even as they loosen the rules of engagement to allow planes to deliberately attack targets in which civilians are likely to be present. Drones for Obama Thousands of extrajudiciary drone killings, all personally approved by Peace Nobel laureate President Obama, and all with casualties and so-called collateral damage, costs the affected, mostly poor communities, tens of thousands of lives and destroyed properties and public infrastructure valued at millions of dollars, an assurance to keep them poor and submissive. Who will eventually send a drone to neutralize the killer? Or, for that matter, anyone who dares following in the murder's footsteps, Democrat or Republican? Two faces of the same coin. Imagine we are living in a world where open killings, open assassinations by an ubermensch, the proclaimed and admitted leader of the exceptional country, the self-proclaimed master of the universe, becomes the order of the day and nobody blinks an eye. We, the people, are silent. We hear news reports of drone killings around the world. No proof of guilt, no accusation, no trial, no conviction, nothing. It's a new normal. No morals left. The financial army, the Wall Street tanks of money are killing entire countries. Nobody blinks. And so does fear. The more fear, the more police and military violence is justified and even asked for by the people whose minds have been utterly manipulated with false flag attacks, blaming, of course, always the Islamists. Who else? Greece is being fed to the dogs. The country that once upon a time gave the world the intellectual capital of philosophy that many of us are still thriving of, and the political principle of democracy, the original concept of equal rights among people, a term widely abused today by the Western world. Greek strangulation is drone killing by debt. Nobody blinks an eye. It has become the new normal. Tomorrow it may be Spain or Portugal or even France. Nobody blinks an eye. In fear and in lockstep behind the sledgehammer-wielding monster. Back to Obama's drones. The latest such killing has targeted and apparently killed Afghan Taliban leader Mullah Akhtar Mansour by an Obama-approved drone in Pakistan. Obama has already confirmed it in a press conference in Hanoi, Vietnam, saying that Akhtar Mansour's death will bring Afghanistan closer to peace. Can you imagine killing a leader of a large portion of a country's population is bringing peace? What an outright falsehood. Who is next? If drone killings have been silently accepted, if they become the new normal, there is no limit to murder by government exemption. License given by us, we the people, for how much longer do we want to remain silent onlookers of human killings? Is this what we want for our children and grandchildren for the future generations? Evo Morales urges democratic revolutions against the U.S. empire. 
The Bolivian president said socialist governments in South America must launch democratic revolutions to counter U.S. plans to regain control. Join us for more on this next week. Thank you for listening to Alternative News, brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. I'm Romina Betson and Andrew Irving. Looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.